Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Rangers, a New York Rangers podcast presented by Blue York on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus. We have a great show for you today with NHL Network hockey analyst Mike Kelly. Had an awesome time talking to him. A lot of laughs and a lot of insight on the NHL analytics that we can look for going into next season and stuff that I haven't even heard of yet. So it was a really fun time talking to Mike. Really happy he was able to come. Stay tuned. We got that and we got a lot more. Let's get into it. This episode is brought to you by Balance 7. I don't know if you've heard, but apparently former NBA player Lamar Odom may be returning to professional basketball in Spain. I was reading a press release about how he started taking a pH balancing alkaline supplement called Balance 7, and that's what has helped him bounce back from his hospitalization hospitalization in 2015. He even said, I have an enormous amount of energy, which is good for me. It's important when working out. I always need energy to level up. And I couldn't agree more with Lamar. And after watching him fight Aaron Carter in July's celebrity boxing match, I think it's safe to say that Balance 7 is definitely working for him. The cool thing is that we've got a promotion running with Balance 7 right now, where if you go to their website, balance7.com, and use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, in all capital letters at checkout, you'll receive a free four-ounce bottle of My Smooth Skin with any purchase of Balance 7 products. That product retails at $13.99, so I'd say it's worth it. Again, head to balance7.com and use code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, in all caps, at checkout to get in on the promotion. I know I will. If it worked for him, it can work for you, too. I do want to apologize for being MIA the last couple of weeks. I've been traveling. I went on a family vacation with my girlfriend. I had a wedding in Idaho, uh, so I've been doing a lot, and I haven't been able to get some episodes out, so I do apologize for that. If anyone is looking for New York Rangers and hockey content right now in August, I don't think there's that many, but there hasn't been a lot of news in the NHL, although it has been a very sad last couple weeks in the hockey world um, this past week, especially with New York Rangers legend Rod Gobert passing away, unfortunately, at 80 years old. I never had the privilege of meeting Rod, but um, through everyone I know in the Rangers organization and everyone I know that has met him, they've only had great things to say. A guy who truly embodied what being a New York Ranger meant um, so obviously a huge loss to the New York Rangers organization and just, you know, hockey, hockey in general. Um, and then I hate to start the episode like this also, but Jimmy Hayes, another one, just a tragic, tragic, tragic death. Um, you know, something that's just truly gut wrenching a 31 year old guy with two young kids, a two year old and a two month old, just something you kind of can't really wrap your head around a guy who, you know, I followed on social media for a long time. One of my favorite personalities in hockey. I never had the chance to meet him either, but um, you know, I'm a, a casual listener to the Missing Curfew podcast with Ashen Park Media. And, you know, I think just the human emotion, anyone 
can just feel for him and feel for his family and feel for his brother, Kevin, who was a ranger for a very long time. Um, you know, his poor wife right now, I can only imagine what she's going through. And, um, you know, I just want to send my, my love and support to anyone who might know Kevin Hayes, that's listening or, or knows, you know, the Hayes family, because it's obviously a very difficult time for them. And, um, you know, no one truly have to go through what they're going through. So I just wanted to say that really quick before going into, Henrik Lundqvist to announce his retirement this past week, retiring after 15 years. And a part of me is happy. A part of me is sad. I didn't want to see Henrik come back and and not do well. Um, it is sad the way he went out. He didn't really play his last game. He got benched for Eor Shesterkin in the bubble, which is sad. But uh, for me, it would have been really hard to see Henrik in another uniform. So that's kind of, you know, happy as a Rangers fan. It would have been tough to see him wearing a Washington Capitals jersey, playing him as a square garden. So I'm happy we didn't have to see Henrik in another uniform. But you know, I wish there was a way for him to to play and, and be healthy and succeed because as someone who's watched the Rangers since, you know, I was five years old and 25 now, so 20 years, Henrik Lundqvist has really just been that guy that's embodied what a New York athlete means. He is the epitome of a New York athlete. I think of Henrik. I think of Derek Jeter. Um, you know, I think of David Wright with the Mets, now Jacob DeGrom. Uh, for basketball, I mean, I would like to say I think Carmelo Anthony, but I don't really know if Carmelo had the same amount of impact that Henrik Lundqvist did on the Ranger fans. But for me, it's just, it's so shitty that the amount of time and effort and, and just how great of a guy he was to be in the NHL for as long as he was also just to never have him, never be able to see him lift the Stanley Cup. Um, you know, he's a guy that I think everyone in hockey would have loved to watch, celebrate with the Stanley Cup. And, and he's a guy that truly deserves it someday. So hopefully he can get back into hockey and, you know, he can win a cup someday in the office or someday coaching, whatever it may be. But I think we'd all love to see Henrik Lundqvist stay involved in the NHL. Uh, I think I speak for most Ranger fans in, in that sense. That's all I've really got for the intro. I do want to take a second to talk about another sponsor, Bet Online. If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money today. Whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think will win the championship, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. That's all I've got for the intro. I do want to kick it over to Mike Kelly. I think you guys will really enjoy it. Uh, like I said before, Mike's a great guy, knows what he's talking about, has been around the game for a very long time. So enjoy the interview with Mike. I'm very excited to be joined by the hockey analyst for the NHL Network. I'm used to seeing him on my TV, but it's nice to have him face-to-face, -face, I guess, through the computer on Zoom. But I want to welcome to the show Mike Kelly. Mike, it's good to have you here. How's it going? Hey, good to be here. Appreciate you having me on. Um, everything's good. It's crazy that hockey's going to be starting in uh, less than a month and a half. Short off season. Uh -huh. Well, I was going to ask you about your off season too, because I know for the media people, there isn't really an off season. So have you gotten to do anything this summer? Oh yeah. No, it's uh, like you say, it's busy. Even after the cup gets handed out, you get free agency and draft and there was an expansion draft this year. Um, lots to do, obviously, but uh, yeah, I took a couple of weeks off and just spent it with my family and um kind of getting back into the research mode now doing some research projects. Um, I was talking to a coach today actually about um, the system that he plays and some of the data that goes behind it. Um, so teams are getting dialed back in. I mean, August hasn't been slow, so um, mm -hmm. it, it'll be nice to get back into the rhythm for sure. But yeah, I was able to take a couple of weeks and just chill out, which is awesome. Definitely much needed. I'm sure you play a little bit of golf. You do look kind of tan for a Canadian guy. <laughs> that was a couple of weeks off, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's like, 
I don't, I can't convert this into Fahrenheit. I've never lived in the U.S. But, uh, <laughs> it, it was like 35 degrees Celsius here today. It's probably like bumping up towards 100 mm-hmm. Fahrenheit or somewhere in the 90s, anyways. So I'm, I'm actually going to be in, uh, in Las Vegas later this week. And that's not yeah, bad. Smart idea. Let's go to the desert at the end of August for fun. Yeah, I don't um, know what the Celsius is there. I'm a Fahrenheit guy, but uh, I imagine no, it's going to be like very hot. It's like 106, I saw. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm Irish too. So I just, I go from white to red. You're um, definitely not stronger than the sun. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'll just be in the pool and uh-huh. inside. That'll pretty much be it. Are you going on like a like a friend trip or is it for work? Uh, more the first. A uh, friend of mine <laughs> who's in hockey uh, uh-huh. lives in the US and we've been trying to get together forever, but with COVID, I haven't been able to. So we just kind of said, you know what, let's find a, a spot and go hang out and catch up. So uh, it'd be good to do that. Yeah, that's not bad. I've actually, I'm 25 and I've never been to Vegas. I'm trying to make it out there and I, I got to see a, a Knights game. Definitely a bucket. So I haven't been to me. a Knights game either, but uh-huh. I went to the expansion draft, uh, which was at the awards. That building was crazy. I remember Torts went up there. I'm pretty sure it was Torts won the coach of the year. And the fans are just giving it to him. Um, and I, I forget, one guy yelled something. I forget exactly what he said, but it was like, you know, he did not like Tortorella. Uh-huh. And you could hear it perfectly because everything had just kind of quieted. I think Torch was like a couple sentences into his speech. And this guy just stands up and yells, you know, whatever, like you're terrible towards what something like that. I thought Torch was going to snap back at him. Yeah, I would think of, so. Yeah, I thought so. I'm like, oh, here we go. But he played it cool and just kept rolling with it. But yeah, that's that was my first uh, inclination. These fans might be pretty jacked up. So uh-huh. I got to get to a game, too. It sounds nuts down there. I think it was towards too. I mean, I know he was a Rangers coach for like five, six years, but I'm pretty sure in the playoffs, like a Capitals fan poured water on the bench and he took a bottle and like oh, squirted yeah. it back on the fan. Like Torch is not one to back down. I'm surprised he kind of kept his cool there. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, he's accepting an award for coach of the year. So <laughs> yeah, I um, guess uh, good not for the him. best spot. Yeah. Not no, the best spot to do sure. it. Yeah. That's uh, I don't know. You just talk about the Rangers and it. So I have a two-year-old named mm-hmm. Brooks totally unrelated to anything in hockey or sports or anything like that. Yeah. Nothing uh-huh. to do with any of that, but I am looking forward to a lifetime of just being able to say, I guess that's what I'm saying, Brooksy. And he'll have no idea what I'm talking yeah. about. And I'll just laugh to myself. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good stuff. Wait, so you, you named him that unrelated to hockey, but you're going to use a hockey term, you know, his whole childhood. Yeah. Well, let's say if there was that name and another, and there was a tiebreaker, that probably would have uh-huh. broken the tie. That was a little fringe benefit for the name for sure. Fair. I think I see a yeah. mini stick net behind you. Is that his net back there? Oh yeah. So my problem with him right now, I don't know if you're doing this on a video later, or just audio, but if people no, can vi- see videos it. on it, yeah, videos. Yeah. Loaded. All right. So here, let me get this thing. Let's say this is a hockey stick. Uh-huh. I'm trying to get him to hold it, right? He's two. We should be able to do this. He holds it like this still. And uh-huh. he's like bumping it. So, Oh, maybe he'll be an analytics guy too. Yeah, he know. won't. We'll see. He won't be a skill guy. <laughs> That's I don't know. Sure. We'll see. He'll be a grinder. Well, I guess speaking of analytics too, because I've had Shana Goldman on here before, who's a big Rangers analytics. I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with He's her. She's great. Yep. She is awesome. I mean, she basically like invented the the hockey gift game from you know from everything I've seen on Twitter. I'm a big Twitter guy, but I'm curious about how you kind of got started in hockey analytics because you know growing up for me, I've never really heard of you know analytics being a part of hockey i feel like till you know six seven years ago maybe it's definitely relatively new to our sport yeah your your timeline's you know not too far off it kind of popped (laughs) in the mainstream i think around Uh then i'm not a a fax guy so (laughs) no good um so how i got into it so i was working i went to school uh broadcasting communications and my aspiration was to be a sportscaster Mm -hmm. and started working at tsn when i was 21 
worked there behind the scenes for a while doing different things. Um, you know, fortunate enough, I became a sports center host. And uh, that was my dream job growing up when I was a kid. I was like, I'd love to sit in a suit and talk about sports. Like I'd watch these guys on TV. I'm like, that's a job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'll do that. Uh, uh-huh. So, and then I got to do it, which was amazing. And, you know, funny thing happened is that, and by no means do I mean like, oh, I did it and I mastered it and now I'm out uh, mm-hmm. because there's a million people way better doing that job than I ever was. But I did it and it was kind of like, I had this kind of feeling of, okay, like I, I did what I wanted to do as opposed to, you know, I'm here and I want to do this forever. Um, and it'd be a great life if I was still doing it. Like, don't get me wrong about that. But uh, I was doing it. Uh, I started working at the NHL Network and doing some hosting there as well. Um, and then I started doing some um, hits talking about stats as well. And uh, ended up getting connected with uh, an analytics group and went and worked there um, on a contract for a little while. And that's where I really got kind of every day into this type of work. It was a private mm-hmm. analytics company. Um, shortly after I joined SporeLogic, um, which is uh, an analytics company based in Montreal, work with 25 plus NHL teams, uh, data supplier to the Swedish Hockey League, work in other leagues as well with other teams. Um, really the, the, you know, number one sports analytic company in hockey in terms of what we cover and who we work with and in terms of our technology, which is is most important, I would say. So I've been there for a little over five years now and working there, uh, I get to work with, uh, such an intelligent group of people. We work, like I said, with a whole bunch of teams We work with agents. We work with the media, which is where I'm focused in. So that's kind of how I got into it. It wasn't really a plan, but, um, I remember I'd be sitting at the NHL network and hosting a show and talking to Kevin Weeks or Ken Danico or Craig Button or whoever it is mm-hmm. and wanting to, you know, add a little more to the conversation than just, you know, Oh, okay, great stuff. When we come back, we're going to bring you blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm not pretty enough to just get by on my looks alone. I got to bring some more jam <laughs> to the table. So that's when I started getting into the stats stuff. I, I thought, you know, we'll talk about their playing experience and kind of the way that that's done. And maybe I can throw in some interesting stuff on the other side. Um, and it just built from there. Yeah. I mean, it seems like you kind of created your own job because as far as I remember, there was no one really doing what you did for the NHL network, you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah, no, that's true. It's, uh, I think I'm going into my third or fourth, fourth season there. Um, third kind of really doing a lot of what I do now. Um, and, you know, the media is a bit of a different animal. Like the, the stuff that the teams are interested in, the agents, the people in hockey is a lot more in depth than not only what's being done in the media, but what people even in the media care about. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody, listen, you don't want to know what the Rangers success rate is dumping the puck in on cross-ice dump-ins. Like you just, who gives a shit, right? Yeah. yeah um, no, in, the, in, the, in the media, it's a bit of a different animal where it's not always the most important thing. It's not always the biggest signal to success um that people would honestly care about it's storylines mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean it's fluffy but people want to know pretty simply you know is my team winning why are they winning is my team losing why are they losing is my favorite player playing well why is he why is he not whatever it's pretty straightforward um so what i try to do is add context around uh a lot of the analysis that just exists anyways and i kind of view it as there's two ways to do it there's number one where you can add to something that's being talked about a big story, right? If Mika Zibanejad's got 10 goals in his last seven games, mm-hmm. that's a story we're talking about it. So what can I add to that? 
And the second thing is the story that people aren't talking about that I think they should be. And maybe that's, you know, the Rangers power plays over 20, but I know that they're doing a lot of really good things that they were still doing before. So I can say, you know what? No, they're not struggling on the power play. Pucks aren't going in for them. Watch them flip it around in the next couple of games here. Mm. And more often than not, they do. It is funny that you kind of use the cross ice dumps as like an example, because that actually could be like a big statistic. You know, it, it could be. No, hey, I, I, I don't pay attention to it. If you want yeah. it, then I'll do it for sure. No, I don't, I don't pay attention to it, but I know like I've played for coaches who like, you know, they're very hard on that stuff. And, and, you know, growing up, I never really had stats about like face-off percentage or anything like that till I kind of got to college. And then there was heavy shifts and all these kind of things. Like I would get a packet, a pamphlet of like four pages of mm. things that I did wrong after a game. And I didn't even, I didn't even know half of them. So, you know, it's just crazy how far the game is kind of transformed in that analytical yeah. you know phase and era but i, I mean did to you me, get packets saying what you did right yeah we, we got like a, a good column bad column and i was usually in, yeah. in, the, in the bad column but <laughs> that's you know that's why i'm doing podcasting hey. now and not playing <laughs> at least you were in a column i yeah. had no columns so exactly well, i was going to ask you did you, did you you must have played growing up did you you know have yeah. aspirations to play in the nhl Oh, like playing road hockey when I was seven wearing a king's jersey thinking i was wayne gretzky yeah uh-huh. it was funny actually i never even imagine being Gretzky growing up because he was too good. <laughs> like, isn't that weird? Like I, I remember, I loved Burry when I was a kid. I liked mm-hmm. um, Pat LaFontaine. Um, mm-hmm. I would never pretend to be Gretzky because I'm like, I can't be Gretzky. That's just ridiculous. I can be Pavel Burry because that's normal. But no, I, I played, uh, I think PVA was like, I was a goalie um, and, you know, just competitive, but not really. By the time I got to like Bantam, I was much better at baseball. And so then I started to focus a lot more on baseball. I played that um, until I was 18 and threw my arm out. Uh, I was hoping just to go to college. And I guess, you know, we, baseball isn't nearly as big in Canada as it is in the U.S. So I played in what you could probably call a level that would be like junior A hockey, the baseball version in Canada. Mm-hmm. So, you know, pretty good, but um, never going to play in the big leagues or anything. But yeah, I kind of geared more towards baseball as I got older. Well, that's kind of interesting, too, because I know the MLB Network and NHL Network are the same studio, right? That's kind of cool. Dude, I feel like I should be over there talking ball, but yeah. they, they don't want that. They're like, now we're good. <laughs> maybe for the maybe for the next like winter classic or something, if it's in the uh, you know if it's in a baseball stadium, you guys can make like a little mini hockey rink on the baseball stadium that in the studio. Sweet. So the best thing about working at the network is you run into baseball people. Well, I love baseball. Like as mm-hmm. much as I love hockey, I might love baseball even more. Just and I still play it. Like I go out in the field and it's just like I get something I don't get from hockey. I love it yeah. so much. And uh, so I'm down there. I've run into Jim Tomey down there. I'm just like, oh, my God. Uh, here's a good one. Derek Jeter and Larry Walker get announced to the Hall of Fame. I happen to be at the studio. So uh-huh. I'm in the makeup room with Mike Johnson. And in comes Larry Walker and Derek Jeter. And they're wearing their Hall of Fame jersey. And they're getting their makeup done um, because they're going to go out and do a, uh, an interview. So we get bumped out because it's like, here come two Hall of Famers. Like, mm-hmm. I'm literally like, get out of the chair. Uh, Walker sits down. So I'm standing around and Jeter's there. I don't get starstruck. I, I'm not starstruck really, but like, I had no prep time to be thrust into a situation <laughs> yeah. where there's like eight people in the room. I end up right beside him. And he's like, hey, man, how's it going? I'm just like, uh, yeah, that, that, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Like, uh-huh. and then, uh, so he's like, yeah, like, like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm a hockey analyst. I work the NHL network here. He's like, he's like, that's cool. He's like, man, I don't know anything about hockey. <laughs> uh-huh. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. I started talking about like scoring chances, just something <laughs> completely ridiculous. And about 10 seconds into whatever the hell I'm talking about, I realized 
this guy doesn't, doesn't give care. a shit what I'm yeah, talking about. No, he care. doesn't care at all. Uh-huh. But he's like, so I would kind of like excuse myself. I was like, yeah. all right, nice to meet you. Buddy. <laughs> and then uh, I go back. I'm in like my little office area doing my work like 10 minutes later. And he comes walking by with the rest of the group. They're getting a little tour. And he walks by. It's like a window uh, wall. And he walks mm-hmm. by and I'm sitting there. And I just give him like one of these. And he looks at me. He's like, yes, <laughs> me and Jitsa yeah. did. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I have I have a confession, and and this might be really embarrassing, but uh, I don't mean to offend you. I have no idea who Larry Walker is. Oh, <laughs> I'm no, I I don't think oh, I've ever heard that name in my life. Who did he play for? Montreal Expos. Okay. Colorado Rockies. Uh-huh. Greatest Canadian baseball player of all time from British Columbia. Um, dude, we're gonna have another you? podcast later. Yeah. No, it'll be offline, and I'll just talk Larry Walker with you. No, he's he's like in Canada. He's our pride and joy for baseball. He's. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and Joey Votto. Well, I was going to say, I mean, you are from Montreal. You're living in Montreal and there's no Expo yeah. team. So who do you, who you root for now? Uh, I don't watch enough, honestly, no. to root for anyone. Like I'm a Jays fan. I lived in Toronto for 12 years before I came mm-hmm. to Montreal. I've been here for four years, I think. But yeah, I don't really have a team. If the Jays are in the World Series, I'll cheer for the Jays. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, they're, they're yeah. kind of like Canada's pride when it comes to baseball now, I feel like. Pretty much Canada's only option. So yeah, I'm not a huge. Yeah. B- I'm, I'm a Mets fan, but like kind of fake. I was a Mets fan when I was a kid, and now I like pretend to be a Mets fan again yeah. because. The same know, sh- thing though. Like if they got to the World Series, you'd be yeah. go Mets, right? Yeah. Well, it's actually it's funny. I was listening to uh, Pardon My Take. I don't know if you're familiar with that podcast. Yeah. Uh, you know the football football guys, and they were talking to I think it was either Trubisky or Josh Allen, and they were saying how Buffalo is like a wee town. Which means, like you know, if if a team is doing well, it's we did good. We won last night. We lost last night. So that's kind of yeah. what I consider myself to be as a as a Mets fan. You know, I say there we, but but I don't really mean I don't really mean it because I don't really care if they win or lose or not. Yeah. I, I always hate the argument like it's you can't say we because you're not on the team, right? If yeah. you're a fan, like you're a fan. You know what yeah. fans short for? Fanatic. No. Oh, <laughs> well, I fanatic. Do that. I do that. You're allowed to say we. Well, that actually that brings me to an interesting point because. I do want to talk about Henrik Lundqvist. He just retired this past week. And yeah. I, hate, I hate when people say that Henrik Lundqvist will not be one of the best goalies of all time because he never won a ring. Like, I think that's the stupidest argument in sports. Like, along with the, the GOAT conversation in the NBA, like the ring conversation. I mean, if that's an argument, then why is Corey Crawford not considered one of the best goalies? He won two cups. Like, is, is Corey Crawford better than Lundqvist? Like, that's not the case. So I want to ask you, like, where does Lundqvist, you know, rank in your you know, goalies of all time list because for me, he's easily yeah. top five. Oh no, I'm going to hard disagree with you on top five. Fair enough. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's a garbage argument too, to say he's uh-huh. not one of the best ever because he didn't win a cup. Yeah. Hockey. That's the worst argument in hockey for hockey. I should say, because it's such a team sport. Mm-hmm. You know, how many great players never want to stand. Like I think Joe Thornton's not a great player. He's never won a Stanley cup. That guy playing through separated shoulders in the playoffs, like crazy stuff that he was doing, the competitor he is. I think it's a terrible argument uh, if someone's going to try to make it. So for Lundqvist, um, yeah, he's one of the best ever. Top five, so in no order. Hasek, Broder, Waugh, Jacques Plante. Is he better than any of those guys? I don't even know who Jacques Plante is. Who is that? All right. So I'll give you some <laughs> advice that someone told me many years ago, which uh-huh. is hockey did not start when you were born. Nope. <laughs> um, Jacques Plante was a well, he invented the uh, the goalie mask. Okay. Um, I'm sure I've he, seen like a thing on NHL Network done about him, but I just didn't. Yeah, know yeah. That. No, he like in terms of performance, he's one of the best ever, and he's definitely top five. I would say top four. Then you get into the the Ken Drydens, the you know whoever. Um, man, you can go way back. George Hainsworth, the crazy stats he put up with the Montreal Canadiens back mm-hmm. in the day. There's there's lots of guys. So I don't think he's top five um, at all. 
six to 10. I think you can make that argument. Okay. I probably have them more like eight to 13 if we're really getting picky with it. No matter what, he's one of the best goalies ever. 100%. I'm with you on that. Yeah. The games, the games played, the wins, um, total saves made. He's top 10 in all these areas. Um, to, oh, he didn't win a cup. Okay. Well, he went to a cup. I think he's six and two all time in game sevens with a 111 goals against average and 961 save percentage. Mm-hmm. So, what he, he was the reason they're not winning cups. Um, dude, he played on some teams. They gave up a lot of shots, gave up chances, and he was the backbone. So, yeah, he's one of the best ever. Yeah, that's the only argument I give is like for me, the those Ranger teams weren't amazing teams. Like he helped them overachieve. You know, like the one year they actually yep. sh- should have won the cup was 2015 when they won the Presidents Trophy. Like that was the year they really had it, and then they got shut out. You know, two games in a row at home to Tampa in the Eastern Conference Final. Like that was really you know their year that mm-hmm. I thought they underachieved. Um, but as far as his 15 year career stunt went in New York, they had no business making the playoffs 14 out of yeah. 15 years. Yeah, we're getting as far as they did some years, Mm -hmm. um, largely because of him. And, you know, it's when people talk about the Hall of Fame, too. It's not the NHL Hall of Fame. It's the Hockey Hall of Fame. So Mm -hmm. he also won three medals at World Championships and he won Olympic gold medal in his rookie year in 06. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the best ever. I'm I'm with you. Have you ever had the chance to meet him? I've never met him. Um, never been in a room with them, maybe like an interview scrum or something, but no, never talked to him. Well, here's a, tough I'm one cool for with you. that too. Cause if I stand behind him, I just get yeah. uglier. So yeah, no, that's all of us. I mean, he's probably the, yeah. like literally not even the best looking athlete, best looking guy on the planet. Literally. He might be. Yeah. But I'm curious too, cause I, I didn't know before this, that you were a Montreal guy, but Carrie Price or Henrik Lundqvist career. Well, I, I guess, you know, if, if you had a must win game, Tomorrow, must win both games. guys in their prime. Both guys in their prime for the cup, game seven. Tomorrow night, who are you putting in that? Carrie Price or Henry Lundqvist? Both guys at the best they've ever been. Best they've ever um, been. You can't go wrong. I'm probably mm-hmm. going Hank. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I feel like a lot of people from Montreal might disagree. I'm not like from here. I'm not a Habs Fair. fan, born and raised or anything like that. I Fair. live here. Um, I moved here when I was, what, 34, 33? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, look at what Price has done the last two years in the playoffs. Yeah. He's still got it, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he definitely does. I, I, and he's not going to play this coming season, right? I think he's hurt. He's out for the year, I'm pretty sure, I thought. No, he's not out for the year. Oh, he's not? Oh. Weber's out for the year. Yes, Weber. Um, yeah, not Price. Well, I guess you know that kind of brings me into this next topic. But for you, what was the biggest story this offseason? Because, I mean, there was a lot of, you know, at the start of the offseason, there was a lot of action, and then it's kind of quieted down. Uh, for the last couple of weeks, maybe a month, but for you, like what's yeah. the, what's the standout from this off season? Uh, there's different things you can pick. I mean, there's a new team. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, what, what just jumps out to me is how much money defensemen have gotten on the market. And I worked on a contract with an agent who, um, is did sign a player, um, and also is also looking to sign a player. And, you know, one of them is a defenseman, uh, worked on a, on a, contract negotiation with another agent who, who signed a defenseman as well and the texts i would get are hilarious it's like did you see what that dude signed for like that's a great comp we're good now mm-hmm. um but other gms are saying yeah we're not using that guy as a comp because that's crazy um some some defensemen yeah they got big money like seth jones got nine and a half long term um i like him more than probably most people in analytics i guess you hear a lot of analytics people saying he's not that good mm-hmm. uh, he's a number one defenseman you're, you're, not, you're never going to convince me he's not one of the 32 best defensemen in the league. Um, he is, and there is analytics to support that as well. 
but he's not as good as I think, you know, maybe some traditional hockey people who say he's an elite defenseman um, believe, but that, that contract, there's no way that age as well. Um, and if you're Chicago, I could justify it in one way. And that's, you think you're ready to win a cup in the next couple of years and he can help put you over the top. Go nuts. Deal with a bad contract later. They're not ready to win. So I, I just, I don't get that one. Um, yeah, that, that's something that stands out to me. There's a lot of D that got paid a lot of money. Well, speaking of D that are going to get paid a lot of money, I know you talked about it the other day. Adam Fox, who I talk about every episode, a good friend of mine, grew up with him. Grew yeah. up with him. He, I, I know I, you uh, you quote tweeted, you know, the video of your breakdown saying he's probably the smartest defenseman in the NHL. And I've been saying it for a long time. I've seen him at every level of his career. And, you know, there was never a doubt that for him, it was always his smarts and, and he was never the fastest, never the strongest. But for you, what are you expecting of him going to the season? Because I know a lot of people might've thought that it was a fluke, but I think he's only getting better each and each season. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be in the Norris conversation for the next eight years. At least. So you know him really well. He's a good friend of yours. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know him. I never met him. Is he smart? Yeah, very smart. I mean, I mean he went, went, to Harvard, went to Harvard. Yeah, yeah. Much. yeah. But like, that's what I got from the information I looked at and from watching him play as well, is this guy, you know, he's he doesn't panic with the puck. He doesn't make mistakes. Very under control. Um, even suck guys in and then, you know, put it around them, make a pass, make a play, make a guy miss. And that stuff, like you would, you would know this playing high level hockey too, but when you can set your teammates up to be in a good spot, man, that, that makes it so much easier on everybody, right? Not just, oh, I've got mm-hmm. the puck, I'm going to whip it to that guy. And now he's got it, but I'm going to draw a guy in and get it to that guy. Now he's got more space. Um, he seems like somebody who's able, that, that's just kind of natural for him. Yeah. And to be able to do that as a young D, like I know he's not necessarily a young guy because he played uh, a few years at Harvard, obviously. And, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, in terms of NHL experience, he doesn't have a ton of it. And for him to be that composed and he's got the skill, obviously, to make the plays he's trying to make. Um, some of the stuff I talked about in the segment I did with the NHL Network, it was just all focused around his intelligence, how much he has the puck, which is a ton. Um, how often he's still able to make plays and successful plays with the puck, which is some of the things we measure at Sport Logic. And that, to me, speaks to hockey IQ. Like, you have to have the ability for, for you know, not only your brain to compute it, but to actually do it. He's got both. And it's like a goalie that faces a ton of rubber. For him to have a really good save percentage, you just think there's some mental, physical fatigue there. He's got the puck so much. Only Quinn Hughes had it more mm-hmm. um, on his stick this past season among defensemen. And he's still making great plays at the highest rate of any, you know, big minute D in the league. So, yeah, he's uh, I'm with you. This was not a, a fluke. I think if anybody's watched him enough over the last few years, different levels, you've probably seen him more than me even. Um, you know that this guy's the real deal. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I actually meant to bring up Sport Logic because I just hadn't brought it up in the interview yet. But I'm so curious too, because those those statistics, like the successful plays, like your segment, I didn't even know that was a statistic till yesterday or, or two days ago, whenever that clip came out. Yeah. At Sport Logic, like how many how many people do you have watching an NHL game every night that are kind of monitoring these different things? Because it's got to be out of control to keep track of everything. The fact that there's even I used to marvel at. Uh, NHL and NBC when they would have the time on ice on the TV. I'm like, how is yeah. how is there someone doing this? I never understand. Yeah, so for us, um, there's a human element to it. Obviously, we're, we're a, a tech company. Like our tech is, is some of the best in sports. Um, mm-hmm. It's certainly in Canada, if not in the industry as a whole. Um, we we take in broadcast feeds of games and have um, a computer vision tracking system that 
and through machine learning and, and AI, but the machine learning component, it learns who the players are and auto automatically detects what they're doing on the ice based on the algorithms that it's fed. So, um, you know, Adam Fox will be out there skating and we'll identify him by the number on his back. But as the technology grows more and more um, accustomed to seeing that player on the ice, they know which way he shoots. They know his body movements. Um, it, it can detect him in other ways, the same way that you'd watch um, Panarin and you don't need to see the number on his back to know it's mm -hmm. him. Right. Yeah. So, Slow. yeah, you know, there you go. The leg kick. Mm -hmm. Um, so there is, uh, yes, there's obviously very smart people that work there. Um, people that, you know, I just marvel at uh, that work in all different kind of areas of our group, uh, whether it's, um, on the dev side or, or the machine learning side, uh, the, the pro side, whatever it is. Um, so they got a lot of people, but a lot of it's done through the technology we have also. And, uh, it's really cool to be able to see literally like 10 times the amount of data that the league itself tracks and go through it in real time as games are happening. And then be able to offer that analysis, um, at a place like the NHL network. I always think about like where this game is headed, like the future of it. And I already like picture, you know, virtual reality goggles watching an NHL hockey yeah. game with like, you know, kind of with like that, uh, if I don't know if you played like NHL on xbox or whatever but they have like that on ice trainer thing and i just like imagine watching the game with all that shit going on in the background <laughs> i mean that'd be crazy yeah. eh? so yeah. that's one of the things though with like the media aspect and i work with um you know a lot of different analysts and producers and hosts at different networks through sport logic our media partners it's like how do you get this stuff on tv in a way that's not gonna distract piss you off yeah right Mm -hmm. um, if you're a guy that doesn't really care about analytics, but we know, Hey, we can tell a cool story with this. How do we do it in a way that you're just like, what I say all the time is the best way to use analytics in the broadcast, uh, even in media is in ways where the audience doesn't even know they're getting analytics. Yeah. When you can say, you know, Hey, here's our Temi Panarin. Um, why does he have so many assists? Well, look at how many times he completes passes into this high danger shoot scoring area on the ice, whatever. That's what drives all of this assist. Boom, show a couple of video examples. You're like, oh, cool. I get it. He's really yeah. good at doing that thing. <laughs> yeah. And then he'll do it because that's what he does. And then that's where I feel like, and I get great comments back from fans when I put some stuff out sometimes. I mean, hockey fans, not myself. I'm not that eager. <laughs> um, but when they'll say like, hey, like before the game, you said to watch for this thing. And like they did it or I saw that player do it or that team. And they kind of feel like they're being taken behind the game a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, that's the power of this stuff. And I think, I think we underestimate in the media, the intelligence of the viewer sometimes where it's like, you know what? Yeah, they'll understand this and they'll think that that's pretty cool and we can do more of this. Um, but we're still baseball. It's everywhere. Like yeah. um, basketball, you see it, football, you see it, pro football focus, the, the stuff's everywhere, everywhere else. And we're getting there, mm -hmm. but I don't think it's on the fans at this point. I think there's a lot of fans that don't want heart. They don't want charts and graphs and stuff, but you want to see cool shit. You yeah. want to see, like, tell me why Matthew scores so much. Tell me something about his shot. Like, tell me where he shoots from. Um, we can do all that stuff now. We're doing it with our partners, and it's it's growing, which is great. But I think we can still move forward um, from where we're at. It's funny. The thought that was going through my head when you were describing all that is just, like, one day fans, like, understanding power plays and not screaming at the fucking home team to shoot every time they just cross the blue line on okay. a power play. <laughs> so I'll tell you one of my pet peeves Okay. and I hear analysts that say this all the time. It's like, say a power plays over 20. Uh -huh. What, what do the power play need to do to start scoring P goals? Pucks on net. Pucks on net. Get some shots on net, yeah. get some traffic. You know, might need to get a dirty one, but yeah. Someone puts oh, a that's... stick in the garbage in the locker room. You know? Yeah. So 
I get where some people would come from with that, which is, okay, let's try to simplify things. Maybe if we can get one to go in, we'll get our confidence back. And, and there's confidence in things that, you know, are hard to quantify that are real. So mm -hmm. I get it. But there's no power play in the league that's good because if they throw a shitload of pucks on net, yeah. that's an ineffective strategy. It's a low percentage strategy. Maybe Ovechkin. So why is that? So Ovi can do it. Can <laughs> maybe him, maybe him. Farther out than most people. Uh -huh. Um but even that power play is great because they've got Carlson at the top and you have mm -hmm. to respect his shot. And then they've got Backstrom and Oshie and Kuznetsov who can work a triangle. Yeah. Um, so it's not just as dumb as give it to Ovi and let him rip it. <laughs> yeah. But so if that's the solution, I'll get some pucks on net and get a dirty one, whatever. Well, then that's what teams should do in general, right? No, again, terribly inefficient strategy. So what can we do? We can look at, is this team winning face-offs to start their draw at the rate that they did when they were successful? If they're not, great. You know, if they are, whatever, keep going. Um, are they getting the puck into the zone clean on their entries the way that they did when they were scoring? Are they getting pucks into the slot area? Are they shooting from the slot area? Are they hitting the net? Are they getting deflections? Are they recovering rebounds? Are they extending their zone time? Are they spending enough time in the ozone? These are that's the shit that matters. And we can talk about it all because we got all the information. Mm -hmm. Um, but we these are some of the hurdles that we try to overcome. Um, and you know, I love the partners we work with because they, they see the value in the stuff they use it. They know how to use it well. And again, I think you as a fan would probably rather hear, you know what? The Rangers, when they were scoring on the power play, were doing ABC and this has gone down. This has gone down. This has gone down. That's how they got back to scoring as opposed to, get ah, you know, get some bucks on that. Mm -hmm. No, it's, I, that was a, a really good breakdown. And obviously that's why you're on the NHL network. Um, but I do have one more question for you. I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here. I know it's a little early to be asking this kind of question. I actually probably jinxed him. I predicted Jack Eichel was going to win MVP last year, and mm -hmm. we all know how that turned out. But who do you predict to go into this NHL season as the MVP at the end of the year next year? So that's a great question. I know it's super um, early, but you know everyone's got their their guy going into the year. I feel like early. Yeah, dude, I'm a big. I'm not going to say it this year, but just to your point, I'm a big Eichel guy. Like whatever mm -hmm. people think of him as a player, I think he's. I've always said this from the time he was a rookie. If you think he's a star, I think he's a superstar. If you think he's a superstar, I think he could be one of the top five forwards in the league. Mm -hmm. um, and he's got to come back from some stuff here and get some things sorted out. But I, I, a year ago, I wouldn't have hated that pick. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no problem. This year, I, it could be Austin Matthews because he could just, I think he'll win the, the, the rocket again. Like mm -hmm. the guy scores like nobody else in the league right now. You know, McDavid, if I had to put money down yeah. just because he'll score 150 points. Yeah. Um, so that's the, that's the cop out answer, though. That's the cop out answer. I'm going to give you some other guys that I think could bump it up, though. Kucherov could do it. Um, mm -hmm. He's back healthy playing with Point. And Point is a rock star on his own. Mm -hmm. um, so Kuch could do it maybe. Maybe outside shot Pasternak if they get things going in Boston on that line. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. Um, well, he's is he going to be playing with – oh, no, he won't be playing with Taylor Hall. But on the power play, he'll be with Taylor Hall probably. Yeah, so yeah. that could help out a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, when to win the MVP of the league, you really got to score a lot of points, whether yeah. it's kind of fair or not. So I just think about guys that could do that. Like, I wonder if Patty Kane or Gino Malkin still got one more monster year in them. Um, Gino puts up a lot of good kind of under, under the radar analytics. Uh, and I thought he could be a guy that could be a top five, top 10 scorer last year. Um, you know, he's, he's, he misses some time here and there. So I wouldn't pick him to be MVP or anything, but uh, maybe one of the old boys like Crosby too could squeak in there. Or we can just go nuts, but those would be all the guys I would think, I guess are in the mix off the top of my head. Leon could do it too, right? Because uh -huh. if he's riding shotgun, uh, that power play is so good. They pile up so many points. Um, yeah, he could do it. 
would it be crazy to think a defenseman could win MVP in the next? I mean, I I don't remember the last defenseman that won MVP. I can't even think of. I think it was Pronger. I how think long ago it was, was that? Like 10, 15 years ago? Oh, more than that. Uh, what year was that? He was probably, was he on St. Louis at the time? Yeah, I think so. I should know this, but we're in the middle of August and I am. Oh, I, I, I knew I was putting him on the spot. Vacation. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he won it. Yeah, he won it in St. Louis. I'm like 90%, 90 plus percent sure. Uh, 99 maybe? I don't know. Hold on. Give me a second. You're going to bother me. <laughs> you don't have to Google it. It's okay. <laughs> no, I do. I know you don't want me to because like no one watching this podcast cares about me Googling something. No, it's but, totally, totally fine. Um, I, but I was just, I was just getting that. But the, no, the I'd, fact I'd love that, a D to win it. I'd love a D to yeah. win it because again, I think it should go beyond points and mm-hmm. um, their defensemen are so valuable to the team. Like Victor Hedman in his best year, he won the Hart Trophy in 99, 2000. So it was pretty close. Okay. Um, that's 20, 21 years since the defenseman's won the Hart Trophy. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, Bobby Orr did it and that might be it. So it's, uh, it doesn't happen often. Um, so yeah, no, I love it because I think D like, first of all, you're playing your top D you're playing 25 to potentially 25 plus minutes a night. Um, watching Victor Hedman at his best, the way he can control a game in all three zones. Why couldn't he win an MVP if he's at his best, which he wasn't this past season. He was a little banged up, but. Um, I love the thought. First of all, I love the thought of a goalie winning it potentially yeah. if, if it's warranted, right? Like I don't get hung up on if a guy's team made the playoffs. Do not care. Don't care. I, Adam Fox was the Norris trophy winner this yep. year. Clear as day to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't make the playoffs. So what if they squeaked in? What if they had a few more points? That's going to tip the scales. Um, I don't understand the argument at all. And the best part is as well, this is the part that kind of bothers me about awards voting is voters nowhere in any award uh, voting description and the criteria is laid out very clearly in what it, it should be for each award does it say pending their team making the playoffs this is something we've manufactured mm-hmm. as a hockey society over the years um can it can it you know break a tie maybe i don't know sure i guess it should mean something potentially but I don't agree with disqualifying a guy for a Hart or a Norris or whatever if his team doesn't make the playoffs. Well, I'm going to kind of piggyback off that. And and I always said what about Adam. I was like, if anything, it kind of helps his argument. He's that good on a team that didn't make the playoffs. You know, I, th- I think it kind of, yep. in, in a sense, gives them a little up and upper edge if their team doesn't make the playoffs and they're putting up those kind of numbers. That, to me, holds exactly as much water as the team had to make the playoffs argument. You can yeah. argue it both ways, right? Yeah, no, I completely agree. But Mike, seriously, I want to thank you so much for joining me. Uh, a lot of fun to talk to you, and um, hopefully we can get you back on, or I can get you back on. I always say we, like there's someone else here, but hopefully I can get you back on during the season because it'd be great to catch up with you. Yeah, man, happy to do it. And uh, about a year ago on the network, we were doing our season preview show. One of my bold predictions, I said, I think the Rangers are going to win a cup in the next what, three or four years. I think three wow. years, I said. Okay. So one year's gone by. Um, so you're, it's your fault. <laughs> Dude, they're not going to win in the first year. Come on now. No, I know. You I make know. the playoffs this year, get a little success. You got to lose to win, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe win a round. I agree. And then that. the year after they win the cup. And Fair then enough. you can have me on the podcast and uh, thank you for making that come true. So we're looking at 2022, 23, you're coming back on. I think I just basically made a messier guarantee. So. Yeah, I think so too. You should, I'll tweet it out. That'll be the clip that I post for this episode. Oh, perfect. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. I want to thank Mike Kelly once again for joining the show. Had a lot of fun talking to him. Hope you guys really enjoyed that. Hopefully a recurring guest on this show. Um, could definitely use some analytical insight during the NHL season once we get started here. We're not that far away from the season. I think training camp is right around the corner, so that's very exciting. 
And with the NHL season approaching, I think it's a perfect time to talk about our sponsor, Blue York. I love working with them. I love their merch. I love their t-shirts, their hoodies, their hats, everything. They've got it all. So go to their website, iamblueyork.com, I-A-M-B-L-U-E-Y-O-R-K.com, or check them out on social media at iamblueyork, and use code JOHNNY, J-O-N-N-Y, in all caps to get 15% off of anything on their website. They've got awesome Rangers clothing. I highly recommend getting the white hoodie with the R embroidered on the hoodie. I think it's a really cool one. I have that one. I wear that uh, a lot around the house and a lot when I'm recording, so... Highly recommend matching me with that hoodie. Very cool, very comfortable. Check out I Am Blue York. That's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. I got another one coming for you next week. Sorry the episodes have been a little bit inconsistent during the season. I'm going to try to post them every Monday, but for now, it's just a little sporadic, so bear with me. Uh, please send any questions you have to believeinrangers at gmail.com, B-L-E-A-V-I-N-Rangers at gmail.com. I love talking about any topics that Ranger fans want to talk about, so I would love to converse with all of you. Uh, that's all I've got, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.